You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Uh, They're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all of our episodes at movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. I have one question, and I don't understand it. Why is this called Killer Queen? Tonight we're talking about babysitter killer queen. Why, Ryan? Why is this called Killer Queen? It makes no sense. I think it's just so they could use the Queen song at the end, because um, there's no like, there's no monarchical hierarchy. Uh, they're all just demons. And I mean, it's just good. I, I'm not gonna have a whole lot to say about this movie. I don't think. Um, I just think it's a giant pile of shit. Uh, Eric, I know you're fully aware of how good this movie is because you sat through it. Am I correct? <laughs> yeah, something something like that. You have another McG uh, project here that has, has come to light because the first one was so good. I uh, got so excited for this movie that I instead thought it was going to be for next week's show and I instead watched Project Power uh, in my excitement uh, for, <laughs> for Killer Queen or the babysitter Killer Queen. And and here we are talking about this. So I'm hoping that you boys are going to be able to tell me if it, this movie's going to be worth my time or not. Um, yeah, this will be yeah, this will be an interesting show. Yes, yes, it will. I already do because Mick G came back to direct, produce, uh, write, and just well everything else with this movie. Now I'm going to disagree Man, with Ryan bored. right off the bat, though. I, Ryan, I'm going to 100% disagree with you. I don't think this movie is utter shit. I don't think it's garbage. I think that there's a place for this kind of movie. Just like the first one was. The first one in this one has its place as like a horror comedy with the gore factor. And there's some good gore in this. So I I I I go into the babysitter not taking it seriously. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm along for the ride. I'm not saying that I think this movie is better than the first one, Ryan. I'm not saying I think this movie's good at all by itself, but I'm, I am not opening Netflix and pressing play expecting something great here. I'm expecting something stupid. And stupid I got. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't go into it with that mindset because, like, the first one is campy, but it has an understanding of the tone that it wants to strike between the sort of whimsical child's movie and the blood gore fest R-rated horror movie. Like it, the first one does a good job of that. This one takes takes us out of that neighborhood, the um, that the kind of like Edward Scissorhands '80s Tim Burton style neighborhood to this nondescript desert landscape on a lake and stuff. Um, you got like the cabin in the woods bullshit, and it's just this is I think this movie could be the prime example of 
the hands-off approach that Netflix has. Because the first one was shooting for a theatrical release, and then it got it got snapped up by Netflix. So this movie, uh, three years later, I think the first one came out in 2017. This one, uh, the first one proved so popular. They were like, just make just make a movie that you know has the same characters, and we'll release it. So they're like, okay, well the people like this, so let's just throw that in there. People like this, so let's just throw that in there. And there's like the fun in this one doesn't exist because for me because the tone they couldn't figure out how to balance it properly because you can have and i mean stuff does like it feels more forced in this one um i think it might be just because they're older like they look like adults instead of like little preteen kids i don't know i just think i just think mcgee uh doesn't have a whole lot of talent and they let him just have free reign well yeah i mean it's no secret that McG doesn't have any talent. Look at Terminator Salvation. But, okay, so, Eric, you have never seen this. It was an accident, like you said on your part. You saw the next reviews movie. So we'll just give you into this. You, you've seen the first Babysitter. We reviewed it earlier this year. So this movie takes place, what, not even a year later? Two years. Takes two, place years. Two, two years later, he's now a ju- Cole is now a junior in high school, and he's like your creepy nerdy kid that everybody picks on nobody believes him his story nobody right? believes nobody so, believes him because you know why we find out that all the bodies vanished they thought he just went nuts and crashed the car into the house all the there was no bodies it just they just burnt up in ash and there was no evidence nobody believes him all right pretty cool Besides one character, the girl from the first movie, the blonde, who's not the babysitter, but Whitney. Remember, he kissed Whitney in the first movie? That's right. Yeah. So, but here, twist. Whitney's the new leader of the cult. Of course, of course. Is that is that a no, big twist that you just, is that like the end of movie twist that you just said there? That's no. in the first 30 minutes. That closes the first act. Oh. Yeah. Okay, damn. So, what in that part did she take him somewhere and then reveal her her like thing? Yeah, of course, it was standard. So, what happens is Cole goes to school. Everybody picks on him. A new girl comes to school. Uh, Phoebe is her name. Ryan, is she Native American? I I took as I took it as much. I thought she was like a Latina uh, at first, but I think with the whole. Apache stuff and the war paint at the end. I think she's supposed to be Native American. Okay. So this new girl comes to school, Phoebe, kind of like your, you know, goth kind of girl that this leave me alone, fuck you kind of attitude. Uh-huh. And he and he automatically assumes uh, that she is coming out for him because for the past two years, his parents have been drugging him because he's been having visions and nightmares of that night that happened two years ago. So she comes in and he just thinks, oh, well, that one's gothic and crazy looking. So I'm assuming she's got to kill me. Right. Right. So she, uh, Whitney, the blonde, says, hey, we're going to, you know, the lake, which I'm, Ryan, it looks like Lake Tahoe. I'm just going to say Lake Tahoe. You just call it the lake. You have to call it fine. Call it the lake. So she's like, come on, let's go to the lake. Me and my other friends, like her boyfriend, and then the fat girlfriend, and then the fat friend, you know, like the very stereotypical thing that they're going for. They're like, come on, go with us, go with us, go with us. And he decides to ditch ditch school to go with them because his parents were going to put him into a high school psychiatric hospital. 
Because he's crazy? Okay, right, yeah. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm with you. So they go to the lake, and I'm really excited at this point, Ryan, because when they get to the lake, it is spring breakers. Like, it is spring, like MTV spring break. Like, everybody's dancing and grinding and on houseboats and on jet skis. And I'm like, oh, a lot of people are going to die tonight. Like, I'm really excited to see what's going on. So before I go, but none of that happens. They just get on a houseboat and drive off to their own little part of the uh, part of the lake. Ryan, missed opportunity, would you say? I mean, I don't think this film is really gunning for like the nudity stuff. I think it's more gonna. I think it's more trying to be in your face with the gore and the violence. No, that's what I'm saying. Uh-huh. Missed opportunity where they should just stay there and partied with everybody, kind of like Piranha did, and just have all the demons just massacre these kids right i mean why not i mean it would it would be one of those like the sequel rules where you up the stakes you up the ante so it would make i mean it would make more sense to to do it that way to where they are trying to kill all these kids or all these kids are trying to kill cole and he has to escape a whole beach party of people that would that would make it funny I think that would actually be a better i think that'd be a better idea than what we got because then they could make fun of like because there's a lot of references in this movie. They reference a shit ton of stuff. Not, I mean, some visually, like uh, maybe one or two, but they mostly say stuff like, "Oh, the you know, someone mentions Camp Crystal Lake. Uh, the Terminator is brought up th- uh, three times, and and all this." But it, they could have they, they could have taken that scenario and then they could have made fun of like the 50s and 60s beach movies. I think that would have been that would probably would have been a better movie than what we got. That would have been a lot interesting. You're right. Because this movie is just basically the first movie, but now there's no like whimsical nature to it. It's just boring. No, no. I actually, I will hundred percent agree with you. I mean, they just completely miss it. You know, like, like, uh, like in Jason Takes Manhattan in Part Eight, like he doesn't do anything. He just goes in the sewers. Like have him just like have Jason kill the cast of cats. Like he's taking Manhattan. Like missed opportunity kind of the same thing with this you're right ryan like have these have like have like a 200 beachgoers all part of this cult is trying to kill cole for no reason but yeah eric just imagine that cole shows up in a corduroy suit three-piece suit he looks pretty he looks pretty fly outdated but pretty fly okay yeah pretty pretty fly for a white guy god i'm so old i'm never gonna say that again shoot me if i ever say that again got it um and it's like, oh, my God, okay, so these kids are going to get him or all these kids are going to die. Like, there's this big twerking and grinding and sexy girls. I'm like, oh, my God, this is going to be a massacre. And they get on a houseboat, and they just they just float down the river. Nothing. And they never go back to that beach party again. Uh, yeah, that seems like you could get a lot of kills there. But, again, I don't know what kind of the point. Is, is this movie going to be, you're saying, more of the same from the first it one? is or or well, is it just a bunch of like uh kind of well, it... we're gonna get to it we're gonna so, get to it what happens uh once they get into that um houseboat the five of them um are in the houseboat they decided to play queens that's i'm assuming is that why they call it killer queen they play this game called queens where you if you get a pair that matches up like they they sit in a circle they deal cards one to each person then you flip them over if you have any matching pairs 
you and that person have to go in the closet and play, they call it two minutes in heaven because seven minutes is way too long. Um, that's the joke that's in the movie. Um, and so Cole and I think her name is Melanie. I don't think it's Whitney. I think it's Melanie. <laughs> but the blonde girl, um, they go in the closet. And that's actually like the lead up to that is actually pretty nice. It's like in the first one we talked to me and Eric, uh, we talked about it how they actually do a good job of getting that feel of that 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 big moment in those kind of romantic teen movies where they get the first kiss and everything. They do that again here and then you obviously then you get the surprise where she talks about the book of the dead and when she takes a a hook and kills the fat friend. Um but you will never guess after that twist where I was like, okay, I mean kind of dumb but all right. Hold on. But- wait, 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 wait. Don't spoil the twist. I'm sorry. Tell Eric how she killed the fat friend, because that was brutal. Well, she's like she just some for some reason has a giant fish hook in her hands, like the guy from I know what you did last summer. Okay, and just walks up to her fat friend and rips her throat out with it. Damn. Here's the thing, though: she stabs her in the neck. She stabs her in the neck, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" And she's like twerking, like tweaking out, like blood spraying. But then she continues to cut all the way through her neck to the other side, so she makes like a Pez dispenser out of her. I was like, I would, I thought, because what happens is, I thought this was all like going to be one of his dreams that they set up earlier in the movie, because um, I was thinking that the the pills were supposed to be suppressing them, and he's still having them. So when he throws the pills away when he gets to the lake, like the whole thing was just going to be this long extended hallucination. Because as soon as the fat friend dies, guess who fucking shows up? Guess who shows up, Eric? Everybody. Everybody from the first movie, except for B, every one of the the teens from the first movie, his shirt's still off. His shirt is still off. <laughs> so but, it is literally more of the same. So why why are they back? They're back because every two years they have a chance to come back to Earth. They'll be mortal, right, uh, on Earth for the day. In the night, they have 24 hours to drink the blood of the innocent and drink the blood of the pure virgin, Cole. Sacrifice in the, the innocent. Yeah, sacrifice. So then when they drink that before sunrise, they will be mortal again. <laughs> They're in purgatory. They're stuck in the, purgatory. And like this is it's just an excuse to get them back. And I it's it, when they came back I thought it was going to be like a hallucination he was going to wake up and then it never stopped and I was like well this is this is a waste of time right <laughs> but why this is always going on though why this all is going on the first movie the parents were away in this movie the parents are the character mostly the dads melanie's dad who is now the whole head of the cult leader he's just a stoner we find out and why I say that is because the parents are trying to look for Cole and Melanie and both dads decide to smoke together and play Halo. Seriously. This movie sounds uh, quite ridiculous. So then all of a sudden, why all this death and everything is going on, and we're supposed to be shocked that Melanie's like, hey, Cole, I pretended to like you, know, like you and everything, but I'm a cult leader now, which, Ryan, that was bullshit. There was no reason for her. Just because she looks like, you know, you know, the trailer park version of, of, of B doesn't mean that she's the fucking head of the cult now. Like, what the fuck? Well, no, it's dumb. The storyline in this movie is dumb. But, like, when that really happened, dumb. when that happened, I was like, 
okay, and it's kind of shrugged my shoulders and went with it. But like as things compounded on one another, I I was quickly over this movie. <laughs> so all of a sudden, out of nowhere, when they get ready to, I mean, Cole is is done. I mean, he is trapped. There's nowhere he can go. Everybody's back. Then out of nowhere, the house, the door to the houseboat opens up, and it's Phoebe, this gothic girl from school. And she's like, oh, shit. She sees that body and stuff. She's I'm just looking for gas for my jet ski. All right, deuces and leaves. And then he jumps on it, and they shoot an arrow, and it's leaking gas. So they light the gas to find out where they go. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to so, so go by this scene by scene. There is a few twists, but uh, this new girl, Phoebe, she's trying the rest of the movie. Okay, so go with me on this one. So the first part of the movie starts out in the suburban areas, and then it ends at the lake. It's beautiful, gorgeous lake, and the rest of the movie is at night, clearly in a Hollywood back lot, but it's supposed to be a desert. They are literally island hopping and every island is a desert. Seriously, Ryan, tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, like, that's why I took it. They were going to place to place. Yeah, they're going. Desert. Yeah, they're going to sh- from shore to shore. But yeah, it's it's all desert, and they, all the all the locations look roughly the same. Um, like when the guy tries to rape Phoebe, this random guy that just shows up tries to rape Phoebe. And Cole saves her. Um, looks exactly like the spot where they um, escape the group, the cult in the first place. Looks no different from the location of the final, uh, the final scene where the whole story quote comes together. Because a spoiler, it doesn't really come together. Um, it doesn't. But yeah, like it. It looks like was it Joshua Tree where they got all those like mesas and shit. Yeah, I right. You. So yeah, it looks just like that. Is there going to be room for a third then? We'll oh, talk about God. it. We will talk about it. But Eric, guess what? What? Phoebe has a dark secret. I'm from her sure past. she does. Do you know what Phoebe's dark secret is? I don't know. Is she an ex cult member? She killed her parents. Oh, okay. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know how or why yet, but we know she killed her parents. So, by the way, the only reason why Phoebe's there is going back to the beginning of the film. She's a new kid in school. She opens up her locker, and we see inside Phoebe's locker this this uh, beat-to-shit rabbit. And this rabbit has a note that says, everything will come to an end tonight with a code on the back. And she freaks out about this rabbit, and that's why she's at the lake to begin with. But she tells Cole that she killed her parents, and she's on a mission because her parents have a lake house cabin somewhere located in this area and she knows she has to go there because she has this bunny that doesn't make any sense to me but we'll just go with it a lot of hilarity ensues we get cole and phoebe underneath a car and of course a rattlesnake desert rattlesnake has to travel up his pants trouser snake and then and then you know and then when the snake is sitting on his chest and gets ready to lunge and bite him, Phoebe somehow is a ninja and grabs the snake mid-bite before she can bite him. By the way, Ryan, missed opportunity. When one of the cult members go bends over to look underneath the car, they just throw the snake at him. They should have had the snake, like, bite him. That would have made it better because that was the whole point of that, right? I thought it was going to bite him. 
I thought it was. Uh, but instead, no, he just uh, deteriorates in the sun. Or no, not deteriorates in the sun. He he falls to ash because he's going to leave. Yes. So he, that's he one dies of the, yeah. just because. So that's one of the things in this. So we got this movie, Eric, is like a remake. We got the original cast of characters. You know, we got the Tolkien black guy. We got the Tolkien Asian girl. We got the white jock, and we got the cheerleader girl, right? Sure. What that is that is that that's B's cast of characters. While Melanie's cast of characters is pretty much the same exact thing to a certain degree. Um, but there is a rule with this new cult. If you decide to leave of this new cult and you don't want to be a part of it anymore, you literally just burn up and turn into ash and float away. That's a serious cult. Yeah. There's no, I mean, they don't do anything. They just say, fuck this shit, I'm out. And they walk away and they're like, oh, God, I don't feel good. And then literally burn into ash. Damn, that seems like quite a contract to sign. And a really silly plot point as well, too. Right. There's some good kills, though, Ryan. Uh, one of the good kills that I liked, uh, the Asian girl who was in uh, Pitch Perfect. She was funny in Pitch Perfect. Uh, she gets a surfboard cuts off her head. That was fun she, when she was back. That was That was a good kill. Uh, one of my favorites was the shirtless guy. Uh, so they get on a boat, Eric, yeah. and a tie, and then tied to the boat is uh, um, oh fuck me, what do you call that, Eric Ryan? Shit. The motor. Where you had, no, 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 no. When they're on the boat, but they're tied to a fucking floaty thing, and they a uh, tubing, tubing, tubing. Um, so he uh, jumps on a tube to go tubing to chase after them, because. And then they uh, catch him with rope, and then pretty cool kill. The shirtless guy gets his face ripped off by the uh, by the uh, boat's propeller. Pretty cool. Ouch! All all of the all of the kills involve the head in some fashion, because like um, like you said, the Asian girl gets her her head smashed in by the surfboard on top of the car. Um, Bella Thorne's character, I can't remember her name. She falls in between these rocks and gets caught and Cole and Phoebe pull her legs until her neck just separates and her head's on these rocks and her body's on the ground. The jock gets his face cut into by the motor. And then the black guy, John, uh, he has an antler chandelier, a deer antler chandelier fall on him. And then when it cuts back to him, it's like sticking through his mouth and an eye. Oh, it's brutal. That was a brutal kill. That was absolutely brutal. If it was uh, better edited, yeah, it would definitely be a brutal kill. Yeah, but when they but but when they showed the effect of his eyeball sticking out, you know, and then the other antler going through his mouth or like below his like neck jaw area, I was like, oh fuck, that's pretty pretty good. Um, he was talking about the uh, cheerleader girl, Eric. Of course, before she gets killed, she got shot. Where Eric? She got shot in the tit again. She even makes that up. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, oh, my God, I got shot in the tit again. So all this is going on. Okay, so here's the twist. So Phoebe and Cole finally go to the parents' cabin. They find it. And I, I'm thinking, okay, Phoebe's not innocent, right? Oh, joke's on you. She is. And they go down to this little cellar, which was her bedroom. And she confesses, right? She confesses that she was in a car as a little girl. Right, a little girl. Ryan, uh, uh, um, under the age of 10, I would say, uh, under the age of 10. Probably like six or so. Yeah. She was a little girl. Somebody was driving the car, 
and she forgot her bunny, the bunny that she got in her locker as a teenager. Now, recently, to go back to the cabin. And she forgot her bunny at the lake, so she went to go get her bunny. Somebody else was driving, and I guess her parents were driving another car because they found the bunny. They did accidentally, it was an accident, head-on collision, everybody died but Phoebe. So that's how she says that she killed her parents. Huh. You follow me? It's just, yeah. I I, I just want to hear the kills, basically. I, I feel like everything else is just kind of... I was really hoping that this movie would kind of uh, dive a little bit more into, I guess, the, the, the origins of everything, maybe into the cult. Kind of like how Happy Death Day went with Happy Death Day to you, where they started to go with the... Um, the alternate timelines, you know, and, and, and how it started type of thing. But you're telling me that this was basically just kind of like a sales pitch that just kept on going and no one stopped them. Oh, no, thing. Eric, you're wrong. We're going to give you an origin very soon here. Oh, okay. I spoke too soon. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Melanie gets a satellite phone from Jurassic Park 3. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Fuck you guys. I love that joke because that's what it reminded me of. Pause hey. for you got you gotta you gotta pause for the applause. Yeah. The audience yeah. get in. Yeah. All right, and action. All right, we're good. I thought it was clever. Anyway, um, so I actually wrote that down. Fuck off. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, Melanie gets a satellite phone and and call Cole's dad and be like, "Hey, we had a lot to drink. Come get us." Cole is crazy, you know, he's crazy, come help us, you know, so the dad comes, you know, and the, the dad just thinks Cole is crazy, and Cole runs away, blah, blah, blah. So here comes the ending, Eric, since you said about the origins. So we get these six, is that right, Ryan, six or five? I don't, I don't think it matters. <laughs> uh, we get these, like, five or six scarecrow, kind of weird uh, scarecrow things, essentially, on the beach. And uh, Melanie is there, uh, and she's kidnapped Phoebe. And she needs the blood of the innocent and the and the blood of, uh, what, pure? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Okay. So, sac- so sacrifice and virgin blood is pretty much what they need. And then out of the scarecrows come all the demons that have come back. They call themselves demons now. All the characters have come back, and they got to drink out of this chalice. And Cole's like, fine, you know what? Take my blood. Fuck it. Take my blood. Let's go. Let's just get this over with. And they all start to drink. And all of a sudden, all of them, including uh, including Melanie, starts to freak out and burn up into a ball of ash. You know why? Because Cole and Phoebe fucked. So therefore, he's no longer innocent. Oh, my God. Well, good for Cole and Phoebe. And right. um, it, it sounds like... Uh... Is finally in a scary movie. Two people can have relations without dying. Right. Well, let's, oh, let's back up for a second. On oh, this. Let's damn it! I, my up. apologies again for jumping the gun. Uh, my apologies, no, especially to McG. If you're going to correct me, on, oh, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish. No, this was <laughs> one of my big, one of my big peeves with this movie here, um, because they're running and they get to the cabin, and. Um, all of a sudden, Cole has to pee. And out of nowhere, he just he starts dancing like he has to pee. 
Um, and he starts peeing in a, in a bucket or like a, a pot. Like a, like a, yeah, like a pot or spittoon. Sure. And she turns around and we see her face and Cole's back as we hear him urinating. And then she like gets this look on her face and starts backing up because it's telling the audience, you know, because we're used to that. Like, oh, something's there. And then all she does is just turns around and, sh- and shouts boo. And he turns around and pisses on her face. And like, I get they think that's funny. And maybe to some people, Jordan, I don't know, chuckle no, at it. I did not chuckle. I was like, really? <laughs> but then, like, I don't know, maybe maybe less than 10 minutes of screen time later, they have the quick edit montage uh, that's supposed to symbolize them fucking. Um, which I thought was pretty, like, I thought was funny because I thought it was good because if you don't put two and two together, like, you have to be kind of dumb not to put two and two together. Um, because they're not verbally telling you that they're fucking or showing you that they're fucking. It's, you know, like the, like, I think champagne bottle opening. I think it's a hot dog going into like a dinner roll or something. And then oh, them doing the, like a disco the, dance on roller skates and stuff. Yeah. The, um, the Austin Powers type of, uh, I'm sure that's what I would, yeah. That's exactly what I thought of. I was like, look at those giant dicks and two balls. So, no, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, they so. did this before. Naked in, like, gun. Top, and they did it like top secret and like naked gun and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Right, sucker, right. Brother um, type of thing. But they do that. And then you that's supposed to be like the twist at the end, right? Like he doesn't have pure blood anymore because they fucked. Um, because he also buys condoms, Magnum XLs from a gas station um, before they hit the lake. Um, but, like, that bothered me because, like, the whole time I'm thinking, like, just tell him you got laid, man. Like, he's running for his life. I'm like, just tell him you got laid. We know you yeah, did. The, you told us. There, yeah, because yeah, that's true. And Ryan's actually telling the truth here, Eric, because if he just would have said, hey, Melanie, I kind of put my dick in it, they can't go after him anymore. It's over with. End of movie. He's not innocent. Neither is she. Well, the same part. Maybe it was his master plan all along. To well, somebody's to master plan. Get it, and so they he they could get sac- him sacrificed and kill the uh, kill the everybody. But wait, everybody's dead until the camera turns to the lake and smoke is rising from the lake mm-hmm. and Medusa style killer queen herself B comes out. The babysitter comes out. Samara weaving herself? Oh, yes. Yes, sir. She comes out wearing a black leather jacket with a smile, with a shit-eating grin on her face. And and says, I'm happy because this all was my plan to get you guys together. Oh, shit. I'm like, what are you talking about? Tell me more, B. Turns out that Phoebe's babysitter, when she was a little girl, was B. Of course, B, of course. B and Phoebe were driving to pick up her rabbit, and B was not paying attention. Head-on collision with the parents. Everybody died. B's in the hospital with scrapes and bruises. She's going to make it. She A nurse comes in, and a nurse says... The child's not going to make it. And Phoebe, and then B says, what? I mean, I would rather give my life for hers. And the nurse turns into the devil. Of course. 
and says, let's do it, bitch. There you go. It and the, that's it. That's the origin of how B became uh, the so, babysitter. So then, okay, so now I have a lot of questions. Now, Eric, you haven't seen the movie, but you've seen the first movie. Ryan, you've seen both now with me. Help me understand this because B doesn't turn evil at the end of this movie. She's here because she's happy. And, you know, her favorite girl, Phoebe, is now with her favorite guy, Cole. So why the fuck would she try to kill Cole? If so, she cares so much about her about her clients, I guess you would say. So she sold her soul so that the so that Phoebe could survive. Right. Um she goes and just lives the life, you know, whatever that is of a demon on earth, what have you. She get I don't understand the concept of her getting those teenagers to sign the pact or whatever thing, what the point of that is. She is evil in the first movie. She states that when Cole told her at the end of the first movie that he loved her, that changed her. And so she then decided she was going to orchestrate everything so she could destroy the coven huh. uh, that she had started. And she orchestrates this whole fucking thing because she's the one that puts the bunny in the locker. She's the one that gets uh, Melanie to sign the book so that they can lure Cole to the, the lake, which is where the, the house is and everything. And all these things to get them to get Phoebe and Cole together just so they can fuck. And that way, when they do draw the blood from him and they drink it, everybody's going to die. Because then B, after everyone does die, B drinks it herself and, and, and kills her and, and dies as well. Kills herself. Yeah. Yeah. And it all, this whole thing hinges on, like, it's a plan, but it's not really a plan. It's a, there's a goal, but then there's a lot of luck involved. You can't, I don't feel like you can call it a plan if a lot of your things have to happen specifically by chance. She's you know? like Joker. She's like Joker. She becomes the master of assumption, right? She's just assuming that this stuff is going to happen. Yeah, and I think that they thought I think they thought they were being really clever cuz like I said earlier, they do have a bunch of references in there and they specifically reference Terminator 2 twice when they're talking about um Cole they're talking about sequels. Sequel is better than the original. That's what they were saying. Just like Scream 2 did, Brian. No, no, no. Cole mentions, like, that's one of the jokes. Cole mentions something about amorphous metals, and then she says something. She says whatever the 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 Terminator in T2 is, uh, the T-1000, whatever that metal is called. And he, he stops and goes, you've seen Terminator 2? And then she says her thing about the sequels. So, like, they, they make a big thing to put in there. And then later on in the movie, uh, when... Melanie is trying to get John to go up to the cabin. Um, they're having a little argument about Cole, and she says, don't worry, uh, he's a huge fan of the Terminator series. He'll be back. So then I think all that, those two things that they kind of, because those when you hear him in the movie, Eric, they feel so fucking forced. <laughs> so forced. Um, they stick with you. So when you get to the point where B turns out to be the good like a good guy now what's the big what was the big twist at the beginning of t2 is that the terminator is uh, not the bad guy 
Yeah, Terminator was the good guy now. Yeah. yeah. So I think they thought they were being clever, but when that happened, I like as soon as it happened the second time, I was like, I bet you, I was like, B's gonna gonna be a good guy. Like, why even fucking bother? I just. Uh, so we're gonna get into our popcorn ratings soon. Eric's is gonna be a little bit different, but before we do though. So you guys made a statement off air and on air about a third movie. It's spoiled, but I'm just going to tell you. Today at work, as we record on a Monday, I uh, I had to defecate. So I sat down to prepare for the show tonight. I was Googling Babysitter 3, and Mick G said, Babysitter 3 is happening in two years. And then that's it. It's going to be a trilogy. How? How is this going to be a trilogy? Well, thank you for the setup to that story. And I don't understand how it will be a uh, trilogy, but I tell you what, I guess I'll kick off a popcorn rating right now and you guys can get into no, it. No, wait. Hold on. Oh, hold fi- on, Eric. I'm I- sorry. We're rehearsing. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I, hold on. Okay. Hold on. hold on. So the third one is going to happen in two years. The rumor is that Mick G said on Twitter is it's going to be a prequel that has nothing to do with Cole and all about the babysitter's shenanigans before the first movie after she becomes a demon and makes a deal with the devil. Well, okay, then. I think Samara Weaving is going to be too too big for these movies. Well, I mean, he he said he's only going to do three. Um, now, of course, he's lying when he says, I don't care how much money they throw at me for a fourth one. I will not do it. He's lying. I mean, uh, I mean, fuck. Robert Downey Jr. said after Iron Man 3, I'm done. And then there was three dump trucks with money that pulled up to his house. So we'll, 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 we will see what happens. But this is how we're going to do a popcorn rating tonight. A little bit different. So Ryan and I will give our traditional popcorn ratings since we've seen the movie. Since Eric hasn't seen the movie and he's heard what we had to say, He's going to give us his version of what he thinks, what he was expecting, kind of an idea. And you can wrap it up as a popcorn rating if you want. But just what the fuck did we just drop on you? Okay. So, Ryan, I'll go with you first to kind of give Eric a chance to prepare. What would be your popcorn rating for the babysitter, Killer Queen? Bag of kernels. Big bag wow. of kernels. Wow. So not wow, okay. Yeah, there's I can't think of anything that I would consider redeeming about this movie that I wouldn't would make me give want to give it a small bag instead. It like I said near the beginning, the tone of the first one is missing from this. The story is uninteresting. Um it rehashes the first one just more bland. I think it doesn't work for me just because Cole and Melanie and Phoebe, they all look like adults. They don't look like teenagers. Uh, they may be on the, like they may be teenagers. I don't know, but they look old. They look like older to me. Um, I think part of what makes the first one, like at least interesting for me is like I said, the mixture of that whimsical children's sort of fantasy movie with the hard R gore. This movie just has the hard R gore. Um, and it's very bland to look at. The editing is, is choppy and rough, especially in uh, a lot of the kills. And I I would 
this is not something I would expect um, or even feel good about putting out or putting my name on it if I were McGee. Now, I know he's not an auteur. He's not a good director. But, like, even his shitty movies have some things that are interesting about them. Charlie's Angels Full Throttle It's not a good movie, but it has interesting bits. Terminator Salvation is not a good movie, but it has interesting parts. Same thing with This Means War. Um, Same thing with the first Babysitter. But this, I would genuinely be embarrassed to put out something like this. Now, I'm going to agree and disagree a little bit. I was actually going to give this one a small bag. I don't think it's that bad. Maybe because, Ryan, my expectations were so goddamn low. Like, this is not a movie that I want to go and see again. Hell, I don't even want to see the first babysitter again, really. You know, like, I have not seen the first babysitter since we reviewed it back in, what, February or March? So, this movie's not that bad to me because, okay, Jordan, you're going to get into some shit here. Let's just drink a couple beers and have some fun with it. Turn your brain off. This is a Friday 13th part eight. You know, don't expect something good here. So I guess that's why I feel the way I do with it, Ryan. Because you're right. Everything you said, I'm not going to agree with you. The editing is bad, shooting. I mean, everything's bad. Like, like one of the questions I had was, was, was this movie filmed right when COVID broke out? Because we had all this cast of characters. And then all of a sudden it dwindles down to a few, like a handful. And it's like, huh, interesting setting. Like, why isn't this just, just in a house somewhere? Like, why isn't why pick up here? Why isn't Cole in college? Can't they stalk him on a college campus? You know, like, just so many different ways to tell a story. And I was just blown away by the choices that they made and not in a good way. Uh, so, yeah, small bag for me. Because I guess I was just... Because I wasn't a fan of the first one, really. So I was expecting shit. So I guess that's why I'm not too upset. You know I what think, I mean? I think that you can... like I didn't have any expectations going into this. I've, I'd seen the first movie, and I didn't much care for it. Uh, it's not bad. I think I gave it a small bag. Um, but like I didn't go in thinking I'm just going to sit through even something mediocre like Terminator Salvation. Um, but what is presented, it just feels like it's trying to slap you in the face with some forced style. Um, and the, I guess, I guess the big thing that broke it for me was it takes a lot of the stuff from the first movie that I found annoying and kind of just ramps it up while taking away the thing I thought made the movie work, that whimsical nature of the neighborhood and the, the, the fact that they're little kids. Okay. Fair enough. I hear you on it. I, I am I am not disagreeing with you on it. But uh, let's see what Eric has to say. So Eric, I guess a popcorn rating or just what what Eric what what Ryan and I broke down for you, going all the way until the end here. What are you thinking about? Uh, I'm thinking that this is probably just a typical McGee, more of the same movie. It. Maybe a remix, if you want to call it that. So pretty much the full throttle to the Charlie's Angels, um, I, I guess. Of of this is it sounds like w- there's a pattern here, you know. If you're gonna if you're going with that, um, comparing this 
to Charlie's Angels, which I, I think I will. Um, just because it sounds like it's kind of the same thing. It's more of the same. Hey, it worked the first time. Let's just keep on doing it the second time. Uh, a uh, the the magic is in the in the over edit, and uh, you can't over edit enough. And if it uh, messes up, then make some loud noises, and uh, and we'll move on. It was what there. do you think, though? What do you think? I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what do you think of the reveal that? Bree sold her soul to the devil to save Phoebe as a little girl. Sure. Uh, Does nothing for you? <laughs> it's any. Is that stupid to you? Yeah, I, I would say every part of what you guys described to me just seemed, again, like a fourth grader forgot to do his book report and is in front of the class right now just winging it. Uh, and that's what I think if you had jotted that down for about a half an hour, that's what you got. Uh, as a story for this one. That's what McGee did. I think he forgot he had a meeting one day, and they're just like, oh, shit, I got a pitch. Babysitter 2. Um, I don't even know what to call it. And he just went in there. He kind of just, you know, him and a group, his his team probably made up with this, and they're just like, yeah, sure. You know what? This is a draft. Do we need to? No, we don't need to. This is fine first draft send it in we're good make sure everyone's on board they are good then let's get them in and we'll sh- we'll get this done on a weekend and i think that's what happened that's well that's, before this this it, it feels what you guys described to me feels like a youtube video oh that's harsh well okay so before we close out the show i actually wanted to share this uh, I thought about sharing this. This will be fun. And then we close out the show. So I am a little bit of a personal here. I am a husband and a father for all the fans that are listening. And alone time is something that I don't get. Very rarely do I get do I get to come home and the house is empty. So we always record on Sundays, right, guys? So today, so tonight we're recording on Monday. You know, we just took a day off to enjoy our Sunday. So I come home on Sunday at 530 in the afternoon. And my wife has a baby shower and unfortunately a funeral to go to. So her and my daughter will not be home until 830 at night. So I have three hours, right? And we messaged all day that we were going to record on a Monday instead of Sunday. So I'm like, okay, I'll just watch the movie tonight then because I didn't get a chance to see it either, but I was going to like watch it as best as I could before the review. So I've worked hard all day. I come home, crack open a beer. I sit in my chair. This is peaceful. The reason I'm telling you guys this, because you understand my mindset. I'm like, oh my God, this is what, this is what silence is like. This is wonderful. You know, I'm so excited. I can do anything I want. I spent two hours watching Babysitter 2. I'm disgusted with myself. Oh, you've spent two hours <laughs> doing worse things, Jordan. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just so disgusted. I'm like, I could have watched some WWE documentaries. I could have watched some Good Mythical Morning. I could have pooped with the door open. It's magical. But no. I had to fucking see this shit. Oh. Oh, I was so disgusted with myself. I was so mad. That's so that mad. was your that sucked. was your defeat. 
was having to watch my... this movie and, instead of taking part of the other freedoms. You will understand when you are a husband and a father and you don't have peace. <laughs> so like, like, like just the whole point of, of telling this story is that I agree with Ryan. I, I really do. This movie is utter dog shit. This movie is not the worst movie we've seen this year, but it's pretty goddamn close. I would imagine this will be nominated for worst film of the year for a movie guys awards. It's just, it just, wow. Like, you know, Hey, you know, I tried to kill you last movie, but this movie, you know, I just wanted you to get your dick wet. So I'm going to kill myself now. See you later. It's like, wow, okay. You know what I mean? Like, just pissed me off. Ryan, do you agree? I mean, I don't know. No, it's an hour and 40 minutes, and it's a giant waste of time. Yeah, it was It was an hour and 42, and I was pissed off about that, too, because I'm just like, wow, okay. So, all right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this very long episode, but this was kind of a fun one. Uh, next week, we're doing Project Power. I hope you guys are ready. Project Power is next week. Make sure you watch it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got to get ready so for, then... for the next week episode. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for downloading this episode of Movie Guys Podcast at podme.com. On all your social media platforms and wherever you listen to your podcast, we are on. Ryan and Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Next week, we'll come back with Project Power. Have a good night.